Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode which is proudly brought to you by our sponsors, the Guitar Ninja Academy. Today's episode is one that I'm really excited by. Stick around because I'm going to be discussing all things Grey Days and Amends and their new EP, Stripped, coming right next on Set of Time. Hi everyone and welcome to Setting the Tone. Um, today I'm joined by Sean Dowdell of Grey Days. Welcome Sean to Setting the Tone. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate being here. Not a problem. Um, thank you once again for your time. Um, just going to kick off Sean with a little bit of an intro to the guys out there, a bit of a recap and then a couple of questions. Um, so for those of you who may or may not know, um, Grey Days was Chester Bennington's um, first band prior to Lincoln Park and they were formed in 1993 and unfortunately parted ways in 1998. Um, prior to Chester's passing, there was plans to put together a reunion show at Club Tattoo and retract some tracks from the earlier body of work there, but unfortunately that didn't go ahead. Um, however, some time has passed and Sean and the rest of the guys from Grey Days had come together um, and agreed to put together Amends, which was released on the world on the 26th of June last year. Um, Sean, I'm just going to kick off. What were the early days like for you guys? Um, did you start to feel a buzz? Were, were the shows getting better and better, did you feel? Yeah, I mean, early on, we just kind of just wanted to be jamming together. And then we started writing songs pretty quickly. And uh, we wanted to be a great band, even from early on, and took lots of shows. We played to, you know, no crowds. And then we eventually built our fan base up and uh, became a pretty popular local band and eventually regional band. We started doing these little satellite tours out to LA and, and uh, in other places. So the band just kind of had this gradual, you know, trajectory of, of getting better, becoming better songwriters. And then uh, the crowd um, grew and grew. And then, you know, of course we, we were young and hungry and uh, we worked our asses off. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think from what I've quickly picked up over the last, what, 12 months, maybe a little bit more, that there was a lot of work that went into the early days for you guys. Um, I've read, you know, countless back and forth between Phoenix and California. Um, you know, it looks pretty straightforward on the map, but it's not. It's a good, what, eight-hour drive? Am I correct, Sean, is saying that between Phoenix and California, it's about that, roughly? Uh, it's about six and a half hours. Six but, and a half. You know, sometimes we flew, sometimes we drove. Um, but yeah, you know, we were back and forth because we had to do this kind of piecemeal. You know, we started working on the project while Chester was still alive in 2016 and 2017 and reworking some of the tracks. We were working with a different producer at the time named Sylvia Massey. And just before we could get uh, Chester in the studio, of course, he passed away. Uh, so that's really why we ended up finishing the project. I don't think we would have re-put this out or maybe we just would have put it out in its original format um, after Chester passed away. But uh, we knew that this was something he wanted to do. This was something he was passionate about and something that he was working on with us while he was still alive. Yeah, I think for a lot of the guys, especially myself, it kind of came out the blue afterwards, um, hearing about this is something that he wanted to do. Um, it's not something I was aware of that he was thinking about or 
you know, even had put in plans with yourself there to, you know, retract these um, songs and do a reunion show. So, yeah, it's really, really unfortunate. Um, something that has really sunk in for me over the last two, maybe three years that I feel people now are only starting to realise how good of an artist and a talent Chester was. Um, his ability to do different styles, you know, he appeared to be comfortable pretty much with anything that he did, whether that be the early Grey Days work from Lincoln Park, Dead by Sunrise, the EP with Stone, Temple Pilots, and I don't know if many people know about this, but he appeared on Mark Morton's um, Anesthetic album um, with a track called Cross Off, which was a little bit more heavy and a bit more kind of going back to maybe his Lincoln Park days, but incredible an incredible talent and someone that i deeply miss um even though i was never fortunate enough to meet chester in person but i can certainly appreciate him so much more now um do you kind of feel that's similar to what you're getting sean that people who only start to come around going hey what a what a talent that that gentleman was no i think um i think he was pretty well appreciated while he was here and living i mean there was a lot of fans that connected with him through his music he was by far the best vocalist that I ever worked with and best singer um, from not only a vocal range and talent and ability, but his writing, his lyrics. Um, and then of course him as a human being was not an egotistical singer or band member. I didn't really think of Chester as a singer. I thought of him just as a friend. So I never witnessed him trying to fall into those roles. You know, we'd be eating, at a sushi restaurant in some hotel. And then, you know, 40 minutes later, he'd be on stage in front of 20,000 people. So uh, he just, he was always very grounded, very down to earth. And I think that his fans knew that about him. I think his fans resonated with him while he was alive. I don't think this was one of those instances where people realized how good he was after he passed away. I think they really appreciated him while he was here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I only wish he knew that a little bit more and felt that way about himself. But unfortunately, that's, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, Chester had a hard time with was was valuing and loving himself while he was here. No, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I think I think that's a, f a very fair assessment. Um, Going to talk about amends. Now, for me, the whole journey of how this started is something truly mag magical. Um, right from the early beginnings to lost tapes, you know, being found to actually going into the studio and, and putting this album out and releasing it. How did you guys feel about the idea of recording um, amends and overcoming any early hurdles? Oh, man, that's a long answer. So while Chester was alive, we only had the one album of tapes that we were going to rework it was the no sun today tapes that i owned and had and that's what we started working on while he was alive we were working in sylvia's studio sending tracks back and forth to chester saying what about this idea what about that idea and that's kind of how we came to the conclusion of modernizing this because we're like these are good songs but they they sound like they're in the 90s let's modernize them and make them relevant that's kind of how that started heading that direction then when chester passed we just continued that direction and started over and just stripped everything down to just his vocal tracks and then built the songs um, with music around his vocals. So um, the hurdles that we had, there was a lot of hurdles. Uh, you know, there was arguing family members that didn't get along that we, 
had to make sure that we, you know, we didn't need anyone's permission, but we wanted this to feel good. And we wanted this to, we wanted this to come across like, uh, this was an, almost like a peace offering to everybody because there were so many factions that didn't get along. This person doesn't like that person. And, and it just, we didn't want to be involved in any of that. So I think what we did was we reached out to everybody and tried to just let them know that we were doing this for the sake of the music and for the sake of Chester's legacy and because we thought it was good. And that's really where the intention and, and the, the heartfelt um, initiation came from. Mm. It's, I said this to Mace, it's really strange that admittedly prior to the, the first I heard about the project was back in Quran. I think it was 2018 that Quran um, broke the news and my ears kind of perked up going, okay, this is interesting. I want to see how this develops. And I heard the singles that came off in January, I think 2019, 2020. I think the singles first started coming out yeah. and I was really, you know, I was like, okay, I'm on board. Let's see how this goes. And I said to Mace that I didn't realize what, who Grade Ace were as a band and what the body of work was. And funny enough, after I bought Amends, I found a bootleg CD that a friend of mine gave me, meant long, long time ago, called Splitting the DNA by Linker Park. And there's actually some early Grade Ace tracks on there from No Sun um, Today and obviously Wake Me. Um, wow. And I was like, I have heard this, but I've heard it under a different, you know, form, you know, a different life, so to speak. And you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, those tracks do sound and they are and that's why they are they were recorded in the 90s obviously but the the, the reworking sounds so much better they've got a new lease of life and i think that's for me the magical part that you've taken something that's 20 years old and it's lasted that long and reworked it and brought it into 2020 it's fantastic um so thank yeah that's positive for me thank you very much you know i don't think this would have been even possible or necessary had Warner Brothers completely buried Grey Days after Lincoln Park broke. They saw Grey Days as a competitive product and they absolutely erased everything we did from the internet. They took off our songs from iTunes, at the time, MySpace. I mean, they just obliterated the existence of the band. So, so many Lincoln Park fans didn't know about Grey Days and Chester's roots and his talent that existed prior to Linkin Park, his songwriting ability, his screaming, all those things were there before Linkin Park. And they kind of rewrote history a little bit and it pissed me off a lot, a lot back then. And at the time, you know, at the time Linkin Park broke, Chester and I weren't talking, but then, you know, a couple of years after that, we reconciled and, and uh, we tried to reform Grade A's for some benefit stuff early in 2002. And then once again, 2007, so it was something that was always a passion project for him, but he constantly got talked out of it by the powers at the label. They just never wanted him to do anything other than Lincoln Park. And Chester was such a free floating soul and he loved writing music with everybody. I mean, if you were in a room for the guy with the guy for more than 10 minutes and there was an instrument, he was absolutely sure to get on it and play it. I don't care if it was a ukulele, a guitar, a violin, a piano, whatever it was, he would get on it and start playing it. He just loved to write music. So it was important to me, I guess I'm kind of circling back to your, to your initial comment that, um, that with this, these songs kind of got to see the light of day because they're very special, not only to myself, but the other band members. And there's a lot of people that think the music was really great. And 
I personally, obviously I'm biased. I think the music is really solid. I'm really proud of it. And I don't care if it sells a million records. I just want it to be done and to be out there and, and to add hopefully to the legacy of Chester. I completely agree. I don't think I could have said that better myself, Sean. Um, you know, I, I hope people, I've, I've, I've certainly over the last 12 months, whatever it's been told people say, go and check out Amends, go and check out Amends. It's, you know, it's, it was a surprise. It was a surprise album of the year. I didn't expect to enjoy it much as I did and connect to it emotionally. Um, but it's, it's just awesome. It's absolutely Thank awesome. Um, there's a pretty impressive list of names that took part in the making of Amends, um, from SJ Jones um, to Chris Trainer, Jason Raunch. Um, who else have we got? We've got Marcus Puel, uh, Paige Hamilton. For, for me, the most notable, um, just purely because it's calm, is Brian Head Welsh and James Monkey Schaefer. Now, what really intrigued me about those guys was were they going to come in and put a corn approach? And after listening to it, they really did, and it works. I guess my question to you, Sean, for it is, what did you? What was your impression? How did you get these people on board? Was it an easy process, or was it? Did it take a bit of persuading? No, there was no persuading whatsoever. Um, I would not want to have to persuade anyone to play on our music. That's that is something that I'm not interested in at all. Either mm -hmm. they get it from the moment we talk about it or they don't, and that's okay. Um, this has to come from the heart, it has to come with love, it has to come with the best of intentions. So trying to convince someone to play on the record, that would not have worked at all for any of us. Um, so to J the, the James and uh, Brian comment, those guys just really loved and appreciated Chester as a human being, and they've matured so much in the music world. They've They've, really stopped caring about what other people think and they do what comes from the heart and how they feel and I was just on the phone texting back and forth with Brian one day telling him about the project and then I asked for his opinion and I sent him over a track and he called me he's like what is this he was just blown away mm -hmm. and and as we talked I said would you want to play guitar on it and he's like absolutely he goes like and then he texts me a day later he's like hey uh and it was funny because Brian's so, so soft, soft spoken and, and he's kind of shy. He's like, you know, would it be okay if James plays with me? I'm like, are you kidding? Chester loved you guys. So first and foremost, I know how Chester felt about the corn guys, Jonathan and, and, and Head and, and James. He loved those guys. So it was such a natural, um, it just happened naturally, the, the way the conversation happened and the way those guys got involved and you know, um, James shared some really special moments that he had with Chester that I thought was really uh, heartfelt and, and genuine. And, and Brian has just come so far in his sobriety and his, and his soul searching uh, through his religion and all that stuff. But yet he's maintained such a personable and genuine likability and honesty that I just, he is a, He's a pleasure to be around. Um, so both those guys were just great. And then, um, you know, every single person we had guest in LP, the singer LP that we had uh, uh, sing on Shouting Out, you know, these were all people that either Chester really admired or people that really admired Chester or people that we just felt were a really good fit for the time of what we were doing in these specific songs. Um, you know, guys like Marcos Curiel from P.O.D., uh, him and Chester were friends for a long, long time. I think um, Lincoln Park went out on their first tour with POD, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but 
Uh, and they, so they had a connection literally from Chester's first tour in Lincoln Park and they had never gotten a chance to record together. And as we were just, you know, talking through a mutual friend, friend named Renee Mata, uh, you know, he brought up, hey, you know, Marcos would like to do something on this. And I said, absolutely. I know Chester loved Marcos. So that's really how the things kind of came about, just through casual conversation. And then we just kind of connected the dots. Is this a good fit? And we had a couple of people ask to play on the record that we said no to. Um, and it wasn't because we didn't like them or anything like that. Some of the people we really liked, but we just didn't feel were a good fit. Uh, for what the music was or somebody that, you know, I may have known Chester felt a certain way about somebody and we just said no. So it wasn't about just stacking names because we could have done that a lot easier, but uh, this just happened very organically and, and it felt like the right way to do it. No, I agree. I've, I've um, watched the Grey Days of Men's documentary and you've hit the nail right on the head that that's the impression I got that everybody that guested on the album didn't do it just do it because they wanted to put a name to it they did it for a love they they you can see and the way they speak about Chester in the documentary the, the love that they had for for him as human being and am I correct in saying Sean that Chester and you were in the car and he was playing you one of LP's tracks and that's how you kind of got introduced to LP through Chester playing one of her tracks in the car there yeah and that was the first and only time I heard her um up until the time uh again our mutual friend Renee brought her up as uh, somebody we should think of because we were looking for we wanted to bring in a female vocalist for that specific track and it, Renee brought her up I said I, I know this person and and I, I don't know her but um, at the time I didn't know her and uh, so I remember Chester playing me this song called Lost on You he was freaking out about it so yeah that I mean once again it just you know things just align themselves in the universe in a certain way I would not have even thought to, you know, reach out to her, but Renee had brought her up and I was like, Oh, I absolutely know who this is. So, um, it just weren't, it just happened organically. And she came in and just did a very special performance on that track. Yeah. It's a fantastic track. Um, hers and Chester's voices just sync so beautifully. Um, yeah, just a genuinely nice person. She's just got an amazing talent and she just fit beautifully into the track. Awesome. Thank you, Sean, for that. Um, Amends, as we said, has been out for a while and something I've picked up on and something I want to get done personally myself is the artwork. The artwork is beautiful. Um, I want to get it put it on my body. Has that kind of, how do you feel that people are starting to get that artwork? Has that kind of been a bit of a like, whoa moment? Like people are going out and they really are digging the, you know, firstly our band and what we've put out. I love it. I, I think to me, it's an affirmation of the emotional connection that we've uh, given to people, um, whether it be solely for the purpose of them connecting to Chester or not. I, I don't care as long as it's as long as they're feeling that emotional connection. I think it's special and I love it. So I love seeing when fans get this stuff tattooed and and do special things with the artwork and do I love that stuff and that's not an ego stroke for me it's a it's a it's an affirmation like okay we did this for the right reason this is this feels good mm. no agreed I'm I didn't know whether or not it kind of showed how how much people are appreciating the record or how much they're digging what what you guys have put out there yeah I, I love it and then the guy that designed the artwork Mike Lithgow did a great job. Um, you know, we had this concept of using a rose. We kind of wanted to do a homage to Depeche Mode's Violator album. Mm -hmm. uh, that was Jester's favorite record and uh, one of my favorite records as well. 
And uh, that's kind of what we came up with through Mike. And I love, I love what he did. And uh, it's just a rose represents so many different things to so many different people. And you can kind of take it at face value and interpret it the way you want to, uh, the way that you connect to it, which I think is the best way art can be appreciated. No, I fully agree. Fully agree with that, Sean. Um, for me, the key to amends was something that May said to me back in June when I had him on the show that all egos and any negativity was left at the front door. This was a project that everybody had to be on the same page and they had the same goal in mind. And that was to deliver something truly magical. Um, for me, it's the sense that I get from the album. I, I don't sense there was none of negativity, no egos. Do you feel the record has surpassed your um, expectations there, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. It took, you know, two and a half years to complete. Uh, and the idea of trying to do this for ego is ridiculous. I mean, Chester's other band, Lincoln Park, have sold over 100 million albums. Trying to match or compete with that from an ego point of view is foolish. Uh, we just wanted to do this for... Um, you know, the preservation of the, of the music itself and, and extending Chester's legacy in a different way, letting fans hear music they hadn't heard before. And there's so many good reasons to have approached this the way we did, uh, that the ego just really had no place. It just was no, this wasn't about me. It wasn't about Mace or Kristen. It was all about Chester. So once we took that off the plate and just actually was never even on the plate, once we just all came to the conclusion that the reason we're doing this is for our friend, it was the rest just fell into place. It was easy. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely, absolutely fine. Um, it shows. It really does show. For me, it does. I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it definitely shows. Do you mm -hmm. have a favorite track um, from the album? I've said openly to you that my favorite is More Sky, and I'm going to be honest. It made me cry the first time I listened to it, and it still gets me now because it's so powerful. Awesome. You know, our label argued with us a little bit on that one. They said, you know. So many people we play this for, they get emotional. They think it's too strong. And us as a band, we're like, if people are connecting like that emotionally, that's a song we should put out as a single. And they didn't, they didn't agree with us. But um, I think that's the magic of music. If music can make you feel something, then we did our job. Mm. And that track is very special to me. I remember writing that song on the beach with Chester years ago. Um, and it just, Kristen, our guitar player, really put it into perspective when we were searching for album titles that this whole project just felt about if it, it's a way and and i don't want this to come off wrong but it's a it, for us it felt like he was coming through the music almost with an apology for the actions that were taken and um, I know some people may disagree with that, and that's okay. I don't, I don't not meaning to ruffle feathers with that comment, but for us, that that's a way we could kind of digest um, the emotional intensity of what was happening and how this all came about and the completion of the project. It just it kind of culminated in, into this apology, and the title "Amends" just came naturally through the lyrics of that song. Mm -hmm. No, I know exactly how you're putting that across it's something that i've privately messaged you in the past about my take on what the message is and it's yeah it's exactly that i personally feel that if if he was here today that's what he'd say you know that would be his apology if he could come back for five minutes and just say i'm sorry um you know 
that's that's what I took from it. But then, yeah, no, you him as a person. That's really that is exactly what he would have done. I think if he would have woken up the next day, he would have called me and said, "Bro, I'm sorry." That's just who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was accountable for for the things he did in life, and and he he was very self aware of when he made other people feel bad or if he did something that caused any type of pain or torment. He was very aware and self conscious of of taking accountability for uh, just putting amends to one side, Sean. Um, this year sees the release of Amends Strict, which is a five track EP, if I'm correct, um, yeah. an acoustic EP that the UK have got released, I believe, for the 21st of this month, but I believe in America, I think it's April. So I'm not too sure on the date there. Um, how did you guys decide what tracks to put onto the EP? Um, as you know, could you have taken everything from the previous albums and put it on, or was there a certain process that you had in mind for this? So we'll we'll back up to your first. So the release date, I believe, digitally is this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify and all those all those uh, DSPs, iTunes, it will all be available on the twenty first of January, and I believe the vinyl comes out in April. So I right. think that's where the two dates are. Um, so as we were getting through the record, we were playing Tom and Ryan Wally. Uh, Tom's the CEO of, uh, Loma Vista and head of music Concord. And Ryan Wally is the A&R, head of A&R for Loma Vista. We were playing some different tracks that we had aside from the stuff we were working on amends. And we were showing them these different acoustic versions of these songs. And Tom said, Hey, we may need one of those because when they when they whatever the label does distribution wise they when they when they do a deal with walmart or target sometimes those specific outlets they want a specific track that's different than the normal album for them to carry it so that Mm -hmm. fans have a reason to go there and so and i didn't know this is some kind of out of my wheelhouse um tom said hey why don't we use a couple of these acoustic tracks for some of those exclusive tracks for Walmart and Target and the Japanese release and all this other stuff. And that's how the idea got started. Then once we got through it, we realized how good some of these acoustic versions were. And we, and Tom's like, look, I want you to go back in the studio and, and, and make them better. Let's make these things great. So we did, we went into the studio with Billy Bush. We were East West in LA for, uh, I don't know, three, four days. And, and we banged out, uh, you know, the, 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 the four tracks there, uh, sometimes soul song shouting out and what's in the eye acoustic versions. And they're different vocal performances from Chester. They're, they're, they're a different feel. Some of them are a little slower. Some of them are a little faster. I, 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 uh, I personally love the stripped down versions of these songs. They just feel very emotional and and you really get to hear the little nuances, the subtleties of Chester's voice and these little character things he does. And I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I've only listened to the one so far that's been released. I think it's sometimes it's just been released uh, over here. Shouting out. So, shouting sorry, out. shouting out. Thank you. Um, and it does. You, It's offering a whole different listener approach to the actual album itself. So I can't wait. I've, um, I've pre-ordered my copy already. So if anyone hasn't, please head over to Grey Day's website and pre-order your copy. It's limited, I think, to 350 um, on a silver-grey variant, I believe. Um, I'm not is... even sure, but that sounds about right. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think I... too involved in that side of it because it just, 
I don't, this has to be a project of, of passion and love for me and trying to get involved on the, we need to do this one in gray and this one in white. And there's this many, I don't, that's boring stuff to me. And I just let the label do that. Um, and Kristen actually has a little bit more of a hand in it than I do, uh, as far as deciding, uh, what colors and, and, and how many variants and stuff. But I think we just did a limited vinyl run because we wanted this to live, uh, physically somewhere, you know, we didn't want this to just be digital. And so the label, um, they entertained us on that. Like, okay, yeah, we'll do, you know, we'll do just do a few copies. So, uh, it'll be, a, I, I think it's going to be a pretty cool collector's thing. Cause it's really only going to be a very small amount. Yeah, that, well, that's exactly why I've ordered it, to be perfectly honest, Sean, to go alongside my um, current vinyl box set. So it was, nice. sitting, it was sitting nicely along that. Um, unfortunately, we're, running, we're coming to an end, Sean. So my last question for yourself is, what is next for Grey Days um, in the coming months and years as we lie ahead? So we'll be back in the studio probably late February to record the next record. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a full another full-length album that will probably be coming out at the end of summer. We have some uh, another cool thing that we did um, with a producer named Tyler Bates. I can't announce that yet, but that'll be announced here in the next month or so. Uh, another track that's really, really good. Um, that I think the fans are going to love. Uh, so we've got a couple things coming out this year. We have Stripped. We have the other full-length album. And then we've got the thing we did with Tyler Bates that'll that'll be uh, announced here real shortly. And you know, we'll see what see where the rest of the stuff takes us. See if see if we have some more music in us and. Uh, but we got to get through the next album first. No, awesome. I absolutely cannot wait. And I just want to thank you really, Sean, for, one, for your time today. And secondly, for, I can't begin to imagine emotionally the journey that you've personally had from the early days to obviously coming almost full circle. So um, thank you for kind of persevering and you know putting out a great body of work. So thank you for that. You're welcome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem, Sean. Take care, stay safe, um, and I look forward to catching up with you in the near future. All right, take care, man. Thank you, Sean. Bye-bye now. Okay, everyone, so that was Sean Dowdwell from Grey Days. Once again, Sean, thank you very, very much for your time. Really appreciate that. If you haven't checked out Grey Days' album, Amends, which came out last year, please do so. It is available on iTunes, Spotify, all your usual digital platforms, as well as physical copies are available through Luma Vista. Um, If you're unsure how to get there if you go to grey days website i believe it's graydaysmusic.com um you can pre-order a copy there also they have got the ep stripped coming out which is five tracks five acoustic tracks very very different to the album amends and it's going to be well worth picking up like i say it's a very it's going to be a limited variant vinyl um and it will be available digitally if you choose not to wish to have a vinyl copy um like I said, Amends was Set in the Tone's number one album from 2020. It meant a lot to me personally. still does. It's an album that is incredible. So if you haven't listened to it, please, you know, like I said, go and stream it um, or buy a copy, however you wish to. That's all, guys. I want to thank you all for tuning in today's episode. It always means the world to have you on board. We are truly in to 2021 now for Set in the Tone. You know, this is episode number two from season two. There's plenty more to come from us. So thank you for your ongoing support. If you haven't done this already, please can ask you to like um, or comment or share on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply um, type in Set in the Tone and you'll find us on Twitter. It's um, S-T-T 
um, UK podcast, I believe we were on there. Come over, give us a like, comment, wave, whatever that may be, just some general interaction. And thank you to listen to the show. I'm not sure how you listen to it, but thank you anyway. And if you haven't done so already, please can actually hit that subscribe button on your show. That way you are able to catch up with previous episodes. And you're also going to be on board, the first to know on when a new episode has been released. Um, like I say, thank you very much. Take care, guys. Bye-bye for now.